Hi, everybody. This is a very sensitive topic that I want to deal with, but it's something that I've heard from a lot of people asking me this question. And so I just want to share a couple of thoughts in the hope that it'll help give people guidance and also help develop our sensitivities. Um, I'm going to tell you my topic title, and I'll tell you some of my hesitations, but I'll also tell you some of my encouragement. Um, my topic title is Five Ways That Hostage Survivors Need to Be Supported. I'm going to go through some of the components of obviously referring to the Israel-Hamas crisis and what it would look like if I was being consulted for mental health recovery of those hostages. And I want to talk to you about my hesitation, but also why I decided to have this conversation. First of all, as a mental health therapist, one of the important things about what I do is remaining neutral and non-judgmental. And so although in my personal life, obviously I have my own values that I live my life by, and truthfully, most of my clients would agree with them, um, I would hope. Um, I value family, I value honesty, integrity, um, I value charity and kindness, etc. But of course, there are always religious aspects as well. And overall, most of the people that I've worked with are very reasonable people. And even people that have different views than I do politically, perhaps, or religiously, perhaps, it doesn't usually make any difference whatsoever. However, I also understand that there are some people that might have different feelings. And what I would say is that I think everybody could agree that Hamas is a terrorist organization and being kidnapped by Hamas is probably one of the most atrocious, fear-inducing things that any person could ever live through. I myself was in Israel in October of 2011 when Gilad was released. I'm not going to talk about the components of that deal and the tragedies that have come out of that, but I will say that I certainly respect a family's right to push for their child or family member uh, to be redeemed. Um, I myself don't usually have nightmares, and I, I think that I take pretty good care of myself. But I did recently, after spending a little bit more time than I myself <laughs> had recommended, uh, you know, reading things and looking up, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had a nightmare about this. And I said to myself, you know what? First of all, it's important to be a compassionate person and know what other people are going through. But second of all, I've gotten a lot of questions about what exactly is the integration process for after somebody um, has you know, gone through this brutality. Um, and I also think that there's vicarious trauma for many of us who are watching on the side and thinking, oh my goodness, I know someone who's related, or some of us might even personally know hostages when you have 240 plus people, and Israel's a small country, and the Jewish people are a very small country. Um, you know, I, I think most Jewish people have relatives in Israel, and our relatives in Israel, uh, you know, know a lot of what's going on there. So anyway, that's what pushed me to just say, let me have this conversation. And I think there's some interesting things that you might have thought of might be on your mind, but I'll tell you my thoughts. And I think that this is something that is a good protocol for just how do we support ourselves? We go through a crisis. Obviously, many of the crises we go through sometimes are traumatic like this, and many of them obviously are not to this level of traumatic. Although in trauma, we understand that we don't judge the big T's and the small T's. I think that's a very sometimes misplaced way of referring to trauma, but rather we look at what the client brought to us. And so I'm being a little bit more cautious, but I want to just kind of share a few ideas. So there is a lot of research about how to deal with hostages and the psychology of hostage taking, the psychology of surviving. 
one of the researchers that spent a lot of time on this is actually a world expert because of the Waco massacre in 1993, and that's Dr. Bruce Perry. Dr. Bruce Perry has an MD and PhD. He's a very famous psychiatrist. His most recent book, which is What Happened to You, uh, written with Oprah, is a bestseller, and really for good reason. And many of his other books as well are very, very compassionate and kind, and I think that he's paved a very good way of understanding trauma. And over the years, he's developed as well. I think um, What Happened to You is a, is a, is a masterpiece in, in many ways. Really, really um, powerful and, 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 and helpful book for the trauma world. So um, he did a lot of research about dealing with the Waco crisis. Now, without going into the exact detail, um, a lot of the people were there because of religious cult. And however, the children that were there were there because their parents brought them there. And there was a whole crisis. And I'm not going to go into the political parts of it, etc. But anyway, he's written extensively about his work with the survivors and what had to happen afterwards. And basically, a big focus of his has been reestablishing trust and how people that go through it often um, do not establish trust. Um, there's also a lot of work by Peter Levine about how to prevent or how to treat PTSD. So I'm drawing off of three main um, people. Um, that there's, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of very works, etc. So what I want to say is like this, and, and, and this is really sad, but it's just the reality. There are some people who are some hostages that are being released right now that will never get better. They will have a life of trauma and dysfunction. Now, does that mean that they're not helpable? It's hard to say, but there are people whose lives have been ruined by this experience. There are people who have vicarious trauma from what happened whose lives can be ruined. But I'm a trauma therapist and I'm a very optimistic person. And I also believe that there is a lot of good help. And the last source that I want to quote is unfortunately, um, because of Israel's exposure to so much trauma, they've done tremendous amounts of clinical trials, um, including in the field of EMDR, IFS, somatic and sensory motor psychotherapy, um, testing out many hypotheses and actually printing many um, peer-reviewed articles about how to treat trauma. So the truth is that I'm not going to be invited to the trauma team because Israel has more than enough, unfortunately, experts on the matter. But this is what I believe would be the focus. Um, the last preamble, and then I'm going to get to the meat and potatoes of it, and I hope that this will help you as well as you process what's going on, is I want to stress again that there are, time, there are times that life experiences really do ruin a person's life. And oftentimes, when a person goes through a trauma, it can be very, very traumatic. And, and I think that I can't stress enough that one of the most important reasons to get help from a competent person that you trust and to get help um, sooner than later, which we'll talk about, um, is precisely because we know that the more support you have and the more guidance you have in going through the process of trauma healing, the better off you are. And we also know that everyone reacts differently. So there are some people who you might think are resilient, but nonetheless, the trauma impacted them deeply. And could have lasting effects. And there are some people who you think are not resilient, and nonetheless the trauma could be that it didn't uh, impact them as much as you thought. Um, so I wanna say the following thoughts. Item number one that I wanna say is that, um, at one out of five, it, how to treat the trauma victims, is that there are short-term needs and long-term needs. What do I mean by that? Um, most people in the trauma field believe that of course people who go through traumas should receive immediate medical, mental health, and support attention right away. However, oftentimes there are things that come up that only manifest later and don't become clear. Um, following the saga of Gil Echelit, where he was kidnapped by Hamas for six years, so yes, he's been able to, in the last uh, you know, 12, 13 years since his release, um, he has been able to you know, emerge from his being an 18-year-old and having his childhood 
and you know early adult teenage years stolen from him and then spending 10 years just rehabilitating and finally getting married in 2020 now he's i believe around 37 38 um you know i don't know if he has any children i don't know what the story is um you know in, in the jewish religion oftentimes people have children right away but who knows either way i will say that it's very clear that he went through a lot and just watching some of the videos of the survivors and the those who have the hostages have been released um I, I was very, very moved by some of their trauma stares, which are very, very common. The, the body is just in such shock, especially watching some of the recent children that have been released. You see that they are just totally disoriented and they just don't know what to say. And they're just in absolute shock. Um, some of them are pre-verbal and probably didn't even know what to say when they were even there, just living in that absolute terror. But I want to stress that, that it is an absolute terror. And there are people whose lives have been destroyed. But I know that as much support as people are able to get that will make a huge difference so the first thought is that there is a short-term need which oftentimes people are not ready to do you know deep emotional dive but they will need that that help with integration and with support and with guidance etc and there's also a long-term needs which I, I i define long-term as six months out a year out reassessing you know two years out three years five ten and really lifetime because these are things that you and i in the trauma field know as clinicians and you, you clients might be aware of it by experience, but not necessarily by exposure to others, that oftentimes things can trigger at a certain time. I, I, I worked with someone who had a traumatic event, and 35 year, years later, she came to process it. And it was certainly very, very poignant and very, very relevant to her life. So I want to just say that there are short-term and long-term needs. And more than that, which I'll talk about um, under the category of social that I'll get to soon, but there's also vicarious trauma and, and, and relative trauma Imagine what the families have gone through, you know, for the last month, month and a half, not knowing the fate of their relatives, thinking some of them were dead, being told some of them were dead, um, and just not knowing the horrors that they went through. And there's also trauma for those family members. And that's why I really wanted to get this out here to kind of share with everybody some of my thoughts. So the first thing is that we need to assess the short-term and long-term needs. And again, I think this is going to be something that obviously at the beginning, there's going to be a, a tremendous amount of emotional uh, needs that each one of them is going to have. But in the long term, I think that it's something that really needs to be mon monitored. Okay, so item number two is going to be the physical needs of this person. Now, physical needs might mean that in the in the um, assessing what they need physically, um, the malnourishment that is definitely present from being in those that, that confines, the, um, the physical abuse slash hurt slash um, damage that was inflicted upon their bodies, um, the insomnia, which is a physical thing, um, the, the night terrors, any physical thing that's going on needs to be assessed first and foremost. And again, you know, the rape kits, which we know, you know, was, was certainly present. Um, and, and, and just making sure that their physiological well-being is in place and making sure that they have all their physical needs um, nutritionally and nursing them back to health is going to be a very, very important thing. Teaching them how to eat in a healthy way, how to reintegrate. This is going to be a few month process. <laughs> or longer. Number two is assessing the psychological needs, the emotional needs, the fears, the, the terror, the, the emotions, what they went through, again, on a short-term and long-term basis. Um, that's a very, very important part of, of the trauma field and how we help clients. Number three is integrating with back into the social networks that they have. Keep in mind that if somebody you know just came back now, they're probably going to be out of school for the next few weeks to months to possibly till the end of the year. Um, people are going to be out of work for weeks to months before they become integrated. Family members are going to be out of work because they need to care for these people. So a lot of people 
you know, each each hostage that was kidnapped um, and, and may, you know is finally released is probably going to need lots and lots of support from people around them. So just you know, have, if you're are you am I a friend? Should I text them? Should I say hi? Should I give them space? Should I ask them about what happened? Should I tell them how much I miss them? Should I tell them how much I cried over them? Are they ready to hear that? So all these assessments are going to have to be very sensitive things, and um, you know, and 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 people are going to have emotions that get hurt sometimes or etc. So I think that's important to keep that in mind and just to be sensitive to. And finally, um, the last thing that I want to talk about is the spiritual trauma. How could God do this to me? Or maybe, um, you know, what's, what's going on and the confusion that it brings. And I think that this is something that everyone needs to deal with, but especially people that go through this horror. Uh, we know that even, you know, David Amal says, Kaylee, Kaylee, Lamaz, Othani, it feels like you, Hashem, forsook me. And, you know, when, when challenging things happen, we have a way of talking about Hashem. We have a way of talking about um, what we call God um, in, 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 the, in the Jewish religion. Um, but for many, many people, there's an existential um, question of, you know, how could this happen to me? Um, and, you know, it, it, it's stated even, even by great men like David in, in the Psalms. So I think that, to summarize, there are five main aspects I would focus on if I was working with these people. And again, any person that's traumatized from the event, number one is short-term and long-term needs. And they're going to, that's going to be a moving target on many fronts. Number two is they're assessing the physical damage and then re-adjusting re the uh, physical uh, caregiving that's needed, the medications that they, that, that they were neglected for, the medical care they were neglected for, assessing physically what happened to their bodies, the abuse that they endured, etc., how they were hit um, or raped or other things. Number, number three is the dealing with the psychological aspects of terror, abandonment, fear, sadness, Morning. Remember, many of these people watch their family members be murdered in front of them. So there's also going to be survivor's guilt. There's also going to be, um, you know, a lot of confusion of how did I make it out? And some of them have been separated from their family members. That's also a trauma. There's a joy that I'm released, but where's my daughter? Where's my mother? Etc. Etc. So there's a lot of emotional abuse and warfare that's still present. And of course, just the fact that there's a war around them is going to be triggering. Etc. Um, number four is reintegrating into the social aspect of life how a person feels, uh, how they're doing, what their friendships now look like, what their relationships look like, how many marriages have been destroyed, you know, by people coming back with PTSD from wars. And certainly there's a lot that could be that, that, you know, this is not the person that I knew, etc. So there's a lot of support that's going to be needed. And finally, assessing the spiritual aspects, um, it, you know, if relevant to people and, and how they want to deal with, you know, that emotional need as well. Um, and my heart goes out to, you know, every family that has suffered loss in any which way. And I hope that everyone will reach out and get the support that they need and that the war will be over um, with a victory, uh, saving the world from the savagery and the inappropriate, consistent uh, behaviors that have really terrorized the, the world. Um, and I hope that we'll all take a stand and say no to the rape, abuse, and dysfunction that has been perpetrated. I hope this will be helpful for you. And may we only hear good news.